The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Derek This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Remember when we were crying about the Yankees doing nothing? Now they're trading top relievers to the Red Sox just to spite us. We are going to break down the Adam Adovino deal. Also, we are saying goodbye officially, officially, officially to Masahiro Tanaka and Marcus Semien to the Blue Jays. What does it mean? The infielders are dropping like flies. And what can we do with our money now that Adam Ottavino is gone? Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question in that review, and we will be more than happy to answer it. But please do give us five stars, not some other random amount of stars. I do not want that. Thomas, welcome to the pod. Uh, Ottavino to the Red Sox, probably not the team we expected to be filled in on that blank at the end of that sentence, but ultimately serves the same purpose and it's fine. Totally fine. Uh, The only thing I don't want to worry because we always talk about trading with your rivals and how the biggest example is Mets refusing to trade with Yankees because they're afraid to lose out on a deal. They, they know that if they bolster their, their crosstown buddies, it's going to look really bad. Um, I don't think this is necessarily going to look bad for the Yankees because it's only a one-year deal and they got rid of all that money that they kind of needed to clear. But you kind of just know that with the Yankees' heavy right-handed lineup and Ottavino's track record against right-handed hitters that he's going to probably wipe the floor with us in 2021 facing the Red Sox 19 times. I don't think I think this is a move. The Red Sox, I think, are kind of in a good spot for just their expectations. They can afford to make an addition like this and rely on maybe a bounce back campaign from Otto and perhaps surprise people in the American league playoff picture. I don't know. The AL has gotten pretty weak uh, over these last couple of months and the Red Sox will have a couple of sale sale will be coming back. And don't forget this lineup still has a number of good hitters. Um, We don't know what's happening with JBJ. He could still potentially return. Don't really know, but you know, uh, I feel bad for Otto, Brooklyn kid, 
Love being with the Yanks, clearly. Grew up a Yankees fan. He was the team photographer. Got us some interesting shots uh, during the uh, uh, the kind of dismal 2020 season, or at least leading up to it. Um, he gave us some uh, some insider photographs that that helped us appreciate the buildup to to the Yankee summer camp. Um, and his comment about leaving was depressing, man. He said he felt like he was going to be uh, an answer to a trivia question, yeah, a baseball trivia question, which is just you know you you see like twenty years down the road in a bar, who was the uh, the first the second trade of the century between the Red Sox and the Yankees? Who did the Yankees send to the Red Sox in a salary dump move? Just d- depressing to think about, but hopefully which he has a bounce former, back here. Maybe the trivia question is which former uh, Yankee struck out Giancarlo Stanton with the bases loaded to clinch the ALCS in 2021. <laughs> that would be devastating. Oh, you hope it's not. Uh, but uh, good luck to him, man. I hope he kind of finds his footing again. Maybe gets another, another uh, decent contract after he hits free agency. But like we said, this was probably the necessary evil in uh, creating some payroll flexibility. And now the Yankees have a little bit over $8 million to spend. And we're going to talk about what potentially that could be. Yeah, good for Adovino. I mean, every Yankee fan, you and I know it. There's a part of your brain that like, look, we hate the Red Sox, but they occupy space in our in our minds. So every Yankee fan has that little like, honestly, if the Yankees are going to spite you, where do you want to go other than the Red Sox? Like we're talking about Adovino's, oh, it's his, he's a Yankee fan. It's his worst nightmare going to Boston it's it's probably honestly his preferred destination uh other than maybe Tampa if you were to give him a a, you know where where would you spend one year after the Yankees forcibly removed you from the roster you'd probably go I don't know I'll go right to Boston good baseball city maybe I'll buzz on my old team uh luckily luckily I don't know for the Yankees they they don't face the Red Sox till June which is weird so it's gonna be a couple months before we see him um unless you hate watch the Red Sox every day like uh I don't know a couple people on this podcast um, we're not going to see him till June, but then they do play the Red Sox something like 14 times before the trade deadline on July 31st, in case the Red Sox are bad and just try to sell off Ottavino again. I did that calculus because I was going to talk trash to someone. I was like, you won't even see him. They, you know, the trade deadline comes, the Yankees only play the Red Sox. Oh, most of their schedule before the trade deadline. Okay. never mind. Who cares? Um, so yeah, he's probably going to bust us in July, but at least it's not going to be till July. Um, now the Yankees do have some amount of money um they they got eight listen up ohio because this is a test from pepsi if you call c-bus c-town you're not from ohio if you don't know the blue jackets actually have a fifth line you're not from ohio and if you don't know what to say when someone yells oh you're not from ohio we know this because at pepsi we are from ohio in fact we bottle ice cold pepsi right here in c-bus so when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it grab a pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. 0.15 mil back in the Ottavino trade. They're going to have to keep some flexibility in season in case they want to make another trade. Uh, I would guess that they are not going to trade in season for anyone who isn't a controllable asset on a really cheap contract. So we've talked about like Kyle Hendricks at the deadline and all that stuff. I would say that's probably a no-go. Hendricks is affordable, obviously, but he has you know, more than 2.5 million attached to his name or whatnot. It's something like eight or nine. Um, so that's probably not going to happen, but they are going to need to spend this money at some point. They have about 13 million total ish wiggle room under the line. Uh, they should pass the line, but that's beside the point for right now. Uh, so assuming they, they keep like 3 million for in-season flexibility, they're going to have to spend somewhere between like eight and 10 million this off season. They don't have to, they're probably going to bring Brett Gardner back, but that is probably the last thing they do. And then it'll probably be between two and $3 million. 
so seven million ish maximum, six million on a on a reliever probably. Um, so I, I sort of went around the league and looked at the cheap controllable arms. The guys that really stood out to me, I mean, we're not breaking new ground here by saying that Amir Garrett is a perfect fit. Uh, if the Cincinnati Reds want to sell people, but they don't want to sell us Luis Castillo, even though that trade is, quote, done from the Yankees' perspective two weeks ago. Where is it? Not seeing it. Uh, the Yankees have agreed to trade for Luis Castillo. The Reds have not agreed to trade him, unfortunately, so he was not traded. But if the Reds are openly shopping people, Sonny Gray, never going to happen. Eugenio Suarez, not really an upgrade. At the, I mean, probably an upgrade over Gio Urshela, definitely offensively, but they're not going to do that. So you start looking at the cheaper, more controllable assets, Amir Garrett, St. John's basketball alum, which is crazy. Uh, as a lefty hmm. making like $2 million this year. Um, and he's under control for a long time. Uh, you know, 22 Ks in 16 innings last year. Buzzsaw lefty. The Yankees haven't had an effective lefty in their bullpen in forever. And keep your eye open for some of the lefties that might be available on the scrap heap when spring training begins. Minor league invite type guys. I'm thinking Aaron Loop, Justin Wilson. But if you're going to pull off a trade, you could. You, I don't think you could do better than Amir Garrett for both stuff and attitude reasons. A couple other guys I flagged. Michael Givens on the Rockies. I don't really know why the Rockies traded for him in the middle of last season just to surrender assets for someone who was going to, you know, go to Colorado for a month and not put them in the playoffs. That was a strange deal at the time. Still strange now. Givens makes over $4 million, probably the most expensive guy here. He's like an out of, you know, clone. He's a slider first reliever, and he's only got one year left before he hits free agency. Could be an interesting stopgap. Basically just looking at him because the Rockies are not good and have an expiring asset that they're probably going to want to hold till the deadline but maybe you go get Givens for two 40-man borderline dudes. And then also the Royals, we've always fingered uh, here as, as an option. And, and Josh Stallmont is, you know, the most controllable relief asset possible and is also probably the nastiest. So he's going to cost the biggest haul. The Yankees aren't going to give up. Uh, you, you can, you know, we don't prospect hug, but the Yankees are not going to trade four top prospects for Josh Hader at this point. He's got an escalating salary in arbitration. He's one of the most expensive relievers you can add. They're not doing that. He's worth like 6.7 mil this year already. No, thank you. Uh, plus his personal history. And I don't see how that cleans up the bullpen at all. Um, I think it's going to be a cheap controllable addition before signing Gardner. And I don't think I'm going out on too much of a limb in saying that. No, I like all these options too. I just, I can't even believe we're having this conversation. Like they, they beat it into our heads that we, we have to be below the luxury tax and we have to make cost-effective additions. Like, why why is this? We're trading away talent. Ottavino is a good pitcher. I don't yeah. care really what anybody says. He is a good reliever. I know he's had a little bit of an inconsistent career, but guess what? When he's on, he's clearly one of the best seventh, eighth inning guys in the league. We saw it throughout the 2019 regular season. Say what you want about the 2019 postseason. Maybe it got in his head, but you also have to think fatigue played a role there because the Yankees used their bullpen like a bunch of psychopaths for the last two years. So, oh, it's just we're trading away talent. I know that it, it freed up some money, but but now we're operating like we're operating like a small market team almost. Not really, but kind of. And it's annoying that we now have to talk about how we're going to spend eight million dollars on spare parts whatever we're here they're making me do it um, yeah i shouldn't know the amount of money that's yeah. just a fact <laughs> shouldn't. i shouldn't know the amount of money we have before we hit the first luxury tax threshold no. who cares uh, who, nobody cares and if they go over it's only going to be 20 the yankees weren't over the tax last year were they they weren't i think they're i i 
Ah, uh, man, I don't know. Don't quote me. I thought this was going to be the third year. I thought they were trying to get under it to reset third the penalties. Year in a row? Oh. In the same way that the stupid Red Sox did the if you know, you know thing after mm. Mookie Betts' salary went off the books. Like, I, I thought they were trying to reset it one more time and, and get under because they would be a three-year repeater, you know, yeah, or whatnot. But there's going to be a new, there's gonna be a new CBA anyway. So all this is going to turn to dust in like six or seven months. Yeah, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, third time offender is bad that's 50 cents on the dollar for any any dollar over 210 so uh well, well i guess that's a worry but anyway uh we love stout uh josh Stalmont. we've been talking about him for how long uh not sure if the royals will trade him but would love flamethrower dude uh right in this in the in the in the six seven inning range that that's that's amazing Givens, i think is a little bit more of of, of a repetitive option and like you're getting him for a little bit over half the price of Adovino. Eh, I, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. I like Amir Garrett a lot. The Yankees need uh, a left-hander in the bullpen. I know we have uh, Britton and Chapman, but that's that's kind of another area of the bullpen. I, like the smack dab in the middle of the bullpen, you need a, an effective lefty. I think Amir Garrett's a great trade target. Uh, I like Aaron Loop as well, especially because he kind of rediscovered himself in Tampa Bay this year. Uh, but I was hoping for Garrett. I know you touched on Castillo, but maybe package deal here. Come on. Yeah. I mean, Castillo's my list not gonna is cost anything. My list is Garrett and then everybody else. Like yeah. I, I created a reliever list just to be like, get Amir Garrett. And then also if you don't want him, there's some other options that are literally, literally worse. Just, just go get Amir Garrett. I would love Castillo the, you know, like, like we said last time, the, the Yankees rotation plan makes a lot of sense. All these guys are projectable and most of them are, there's a, there's a lot of reason to believe that they're going to perform. And if some don't, there are plenty to take their spot. But then if the Blue Jays went out and just got Castillo, you would be like, ah, well, I'd rather have that person. What the, what, what the fuck? Why was yeah. he available? Um, so, you know, this could, we could instantly be annoyed again in like a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do like the idea of a package deal with Castillo because then you're, you're taking on two players for them and kind of removing a little bit more salary. I know they're both relatively cheap, but I think that gives the Reds more of an opportunity to get a bigger package of guys that they want. And then this gives the Yankees the window. This is the window. This is next two, three years, and it's got to get done. So food for thought. But at the end of the day, there are some decent free agent options, which we could just touch upon quickly. Mark Melanson, don't know if you like him. I do. Uh, Brandon Workman had a solid year with the Sox. Could 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 be a potential option. Shane Green, former Yankee, uh, Alex Colome, solid dudes that we could probably add on the cheap. I'm never bringing back Ian Kennedy, so I don't want to hear it. Uh, nope. Br- Brandon Kinsler had a solid year. Uh, Jeremy Jeffress, I think another option nobody's really talking about. So uh, if we don't want to go the trade route, oh, and Trevor Rosenthal, obviously. yeah, Trevor Rosenthal, that, so that's long. my last guy. Yeah. So uh, if they don't want to go the trade route, there's plenty of guys out there that'll probably, like you said, cost in the between probably five to seven million range. So we'll see. How about this? This is my last uh, hurrah. I like Trevor Rosenthal, honestly, and I would just give, I would just throw the book at Trevor Rosenthal and go six million, three million in Gardner, call it a day. But how about uh, split that six million into two dudes, go four million for Brandon Kinsler and two million with a bunch of incentives for David Robertson. I'm down with that. But then the Yankees the are always is, better with David Robertson on the roster. It's just like, it's freaky, you know, like universe math. They That's just get better as soon as he's on the team. 
Mr. Houdini. That's why Mr. Houdini who he is. Problem is, though, then you got to clear roster spots, and then we're looking at a trade. So what the hell? It's complicated. A lot of complications. Yeah, it all stinks. I think they're gonna they're gonna eventually like cut Ben Heller. I think we're we're all just like, you know, we're paddle boarding to the end of the line, and then they're gonna be like, ah, Ben Heller probably doesn't have a role on this team right moving now. forward. Uh, Mike Ford. Uh, I don't know. We'll 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 find out soon. But I, I there are relievers coming. It's we're not doing. It's not rocket science here. They're not going to let out of, you know, go somewhere else and then replace them with absolutely no one or Luis Sessa. Even if you're nervous about that happening, I, I can guarantee you the Yankees are looking at relievers and the market this year is simply not what the market was two years ago. Is out of, you know, good. Absolutely. Can his role be approximated by Melanson and Shane green? Almost definitely. It can be Uh Adovino is not a six ERA guy. Like he was in 2020. If you're hoping he's that in Boston, you're wrong. He will come back. He will be good. The Red Sox need relievers, so yeah. they, they did what they had to do. Um, and it's crazy that that ended up being a connection, but you know what? Pretty good fit overall. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, Masa here at Tanaka to the Golden Eagles and the Blue Jays infield got, you know, better again. Stick around. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So it does appear it is time to say goodbye to Masahiro Tanaka, who it appears has gotten a rich... Jamie's Log, Progressive, the Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33... Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. One-year deal from the Rakuten Golden Eagles, his former team in Japan. Uh, could come back to the major leagues in a year, I, I believe. I don't think there's any impediment to that. Uh, but going to take the bag and stay home. And honestly, not a great time to be in the U.S. So if he's not getting assurances from the Yankees that they'd like him back at his desired price, which is fiscally impossible for them at this point based on the mandates they've laid forth, might as well go back and get as much money as you can in Japan. He is hopefully not done in the major leagues. There is a lot of, you know, there are plenty of years left in Masahiro Tanaka's arm. Not an old man, not a veteran. Uh, Someone like Tanaka, if he can adjust one more time and figure out how to work off that declining fastball speed, there's a there's room for him in, in the major leagues, and there could be room for him on the 2022 Yankees after whatever lockout we believe is coming. Uh, does this make you sad? It, it makes me sad just to think about the team without Tanaka. I wasn't enjoying the regression I was watching from Tanaka. I will say a hearty goodbye to him, and I will be depressed knowing he's not on the team, but I will also no longer be morally sort of fighting myself about whether he deserves game two of a playoff series. I would agree with that. I, I think we should be more sad than we are. This is why I hate the internet, you know, because yeah, we, internet's the, bad. the internet sucks. The writing's been on the fucking wall since the end of October and it's just been a slow burn. It's like, Oh, Tanaka. Hey, Tanaka might come back. Oh, not looking like Tanaka might come back. Well, what do we do? Well, Tanaka's probably not coming back. Oh, it's official. Tanaka's not coming. And that's over the course of three months. So like, you know what? I want a newspaper telling me on a random day that Tanaka left for Japan so I could be shocked in the middle of the street. That's what I want. I don't want to expect this to happen because once again, we're buying into the payroll bullshit. We bought into the payroll bullshit. We know that they're not going to be able to afford him at the price tag that he reportedly wanted. We don't know how true it is. 15 million, take it or leave it, whatever. But anyway, it was a slow burn that we knew was going to happen. The writing was gradually on the wall and 
it's just upsetting that kind of this is the way it unfolded because we were teased along the way that he might come back. They might create some space. It could happen. Um, I would agree that I don't think he profiles as a number two starter for what the Yankees are trying to do for these next two years, but would have loved him as a number three or four. That would have been cool. I don't need him in starting game two, but like, I would really like him going against the back end of the rotation of another team. He's got the grit. He's got the experience. He's got the veteran leadership. He can clearly handle the big stage. He's done so much Japan since he was in high school. He came over his first, his first experience in the big leagues was with the most famous franchise in the entire world. Um, but yeah, it's sad. I love Tanaka. Very easy guy to root for. I know frustrating at times because you get these dud starts out of him where it would just be home run after home run. But then you get this, you know, the seven, eight inning shutout games, and you're like, wow, this guy's awesome. Like, let's 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 do this more for 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 high pressure games when we're going up against our big opponents. But uh, mixed bag for a lot of people. I know uh, a lot of Yankee fans love him, but like you said, kind of trending in the other direction at this point where don't really need him. Don't really think that he's probably a top end guy that's going to help us move forth in October. Um, and I wish him the best. I, I did laugh though, because when we were looking at the article from uh, the Japanese news outlet, his contract was like 800 million yen. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking how, oh, that's just so funny how the currency is so different. Imagine an 800 million MLB contract. That'd I mean, how much yen do the Yankees have before they hit the luxury test? <laughs> do, we, do we know? I don't know. It's convenient. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, just, I, I am a little emotional. I'm more emotional than I thought I would be just because I think there's, oh, I've always had an internal conflict with Tanaka. I also always assumed after he came back in 2017, I think people thought he was going to opt out after 2017, go somewhere else and, and burn that bridge. And when he came back, I was like, man, this guy's a Yankee for life. Like yeah. he's never going anywhere. Um, we're going to stick with him through thick and thin. And then that may be the case, but unfortunately he may be ending his major league career like six years too early. I, I, I always loved Tanaka. I did always feel like though internally that we didn't quite get what was promised. He never should have had Tommy John surgery. I, I am not saying that that is stupid to say he pitched six and a half years in the major leagues after his partial UCL tear, never needed surgery, never had it. No reason to give somebody unnecessary surgery that might come back to bite you. That's a ridiculous take from your couch, but Tanaka pre partial UCL tear, was on a different trajectory. He was one of the best pitchers I've ever seen. 95, 96, 97, dotting it, that splitter. Like his first half in 2014, I felt like he was a savior. And and then when he got that partial UCL tear, I'm not ashamed to admit that, look, you're coming off. I am the most spoiled Yankee fan in the world at that point. I'm, you know, I'm 23 that summer. Um, I don't, I don't even care if this reflects on what a whiny baby I was, whatever. (laughs) I don't care. I was 23. Um, coming off the, the Yankees are in the playoffs throughout my entire childhood, every year of my life. They win the 2009 world series, break a moderate drought, go to the playoffs the next couple of years, fail, fail, fail. By 2012, the Yankees feel a little stale. That core is getting old. Nick Swisher's leaving all that stuff. I went to the ALCS against the Tigers after Derek Jeter's ankle fell off. The stadium isn't sold out. Like it's embarrassing. And I'm looking at other teams and I'm going, it looks like it's more fun to be a fan of like. 26 other teams. I'm having like my quarter life crisis at 22. Then 2013, the Yankees are worse than ever. Can hit terrible. First time I've ever reckoned with a bad roster. And the Red Sox have a bunch of broke dudes off the street and they win 157 games. It felt like, and they romped the world series. So I'm at my lowest low. And it's like, you know, why is this happening? Like, why is my team now the most boring possible team to root for? 
They go on their spending spree in 2014. McCann, Ellsbury, Beltron, Tanaka. It's a joke in retrospect. All three of those guys before Tanaka dissolved, but Tanaka looks like the first piece of the legitimate future that I can see. And that's another bad team. That's like Brandon McCarthy, uh, you know, oh God, Chris Capuano. Like this rotation is, is direct. Uh, Shane Green, I think, came up at the end of that year. Zealous Wheeler's on that team. And so it's like, I don't know what the Yankees' future is like, but I know Tanaka is going to be a part of it. It's going to zip in 96, 97. Crazy splitter going to the All-Star game. Probably going to go to the All-Star game for most of his contract, and he's so young. Then he gets that partial tear. And I went home and cried. I really did. Because I was like, the Red Sox are champions. My childhood has officially fallen apart. Now, there is no path forward for the Yankees that doesn't rely on temporary patchwork solutions. What are we doing here? And then he fights his way back. And he's great. He's really good in, in 2015, 2016, 2017. He struggles on the regular season. Then turns it around and goes 7-1, and 1.10 down the stretch at Yankee Stadium into his playoff starts against the, the Indians and the Astros, that game five that put the Yankees one game away from the World Series. That, unfortunately for me, is the last time that Tanaka was really Tanaka instead of sort of, you know, a patchwork version of Tanaka where you cross your fingers and you hope you're seeing the same guy. Um, and, and there were great starts, and there were starts like that start at Fenway Park in the summer of 2019 when I think he gave up eight runs in a third of an inning, and then they just let him get eaten alive because yeah. they needed to oh, save God. the bullpen. And it was like... 12 earned in two innings or something yeah. and he had an all-star first half that year too and it blew up his season stat line and they don't really like you know they don't really do that to veteran pitchers very often in in major league baseball anymore they don't just make you wear it especially if you're someone like Masahiro Tanaka and I remember watching him at that point and, and honestly thinking the Red Sox had stolen signs because I don't know how you could be that dominant against somebody who who just did a pretty solid job against you you know in the 2018 playoffs but you would get starts like that and you would just occasionally get a deflating four or five runs in the first inning and games where Tanaka just doesn't have even close to the stuff he needs. And he's eventually going to start needing to learn to live at 92 or 93 instead of 96, 97. And it's fine. And pitchers can do that. But just watching the guy I thought we had in 2014, never fully become that again with the same arsenal was sort of internally upsetting for me. Yeah. I mean, I gave you the Spark Notes version. You gave us the novella, so I think that's the best <laughs> way. It's good. It's it's. I, I couldn't agree more. It's that's it. it. It's sad. Yeah, yeah. maybe it sad more emotional watching. than I thought. That's yeah, it. yeah. I mean, I, I'm the opposite. I am not as emotional as I should be because, like I said, it was a slow burn, and I knew it was coming, and then it came, and I was like, yeah, that's that that that's it. That's what was supposed to happen because that's what they're telling me is supposed to happen. So great. I don't know if I was emotional until this podcast record. Like, I think we, I think we got to an organic place here. I, I think, think we did. Yeah. I think the world is going to listen to about the 20 minute mark of this podcast and go, this guy's an idiot. It's a sad, <laughs> baby. It's a sad baby. Why, why, why is this guy hosting a podcast? Uh, sorry, everybody. Uh, before we leave, I do want to touch on Marcus Semyon to the Blue Jays, which started a chain reaction of infielders going places, which absolutely is collusion. I dare Major League Baseball yeah. uh, to tell me differently. You've got every middle infielder signing a multi-year deal in like between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. But Marcus Semien goes to the Blue Jays to rebuild his value. Uh, huge deal for many reasons. Uh, one, I like Semien. He's a 2019 MVP candidate. The Blue Jays offense just is good. There's no way you can parse it where they're not good, and they're going to probably dump one of these outfielders for pitching. But I raise you... What the hell is going on with Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? 
uh, Kevin Biggio goes to third base. That was the news yeah. yesterday with the yeah. addition of Semyon. Uh, Guerrero Jr. is not going to start. He's going to be a DH, and he's like 23. Like, we're, they're already cutting bait on him. So he's going to play play first. I don't know. It, it makes me scared. Makes me I scared. Thought, thought well, just, doesn't Rowdy Tellez play first? Is one of these guys just not playing? Uh, what about uh, what about a Vlad Jr. package to the to the Reds for Castillo? I'll be the first to that. No I'll say it. Way. No way. Uh, what's he doing? Is his future? Have they decided his future isn't happening? I thought he was the best player in baseball. Uh, prospect wise, it is odd. It is odd that they're moving him away from a position of value, which is third base, which he was pretty good at. I mean, I never watched. I never saw him have like a disastrous outing at third base. He's and he's getting shredded solid. this offseason. He's he's like yeah. dropping the weight. Apparently, I, yeah. I don't understand why they're de-emphasizing him. Obviously, they know more than I do. Maybe uh, they're moving him to first to devalue him because first basemen aren't going to get paid as highly as third baseman. Huh? Yeah. Conspiracy. I don't get it. I don't like it. I mean, I'd rather the Blue Jays have Semyon than Michael Brantley. Um, I know that's crazy. <laughs> that That's probably a strange take. But I feel like you can pitch to Semyon, and there was at least some regression in Semyon's 2020 season, which, to be fair, was like 30 games long. Mm-hmm. It, same with Adam Adovino. You know, he's got a 6 ERA, really. That's what I'm supposed to believe. The, the two sides of the Adam Adovino coin, he's obviously not that bad. The Yankees obviously also didn't trust him in the playoffs and he proved that in 2019 when they really could have used a reliable arm. Semyon doesn't have that baggage. He, he just, the A's should have kept him on a one-year deal. They didn't, but I would rather have to reckon with him than reckon with Michael Brantley. I know the Blue Jays offense is going to be good. This is not news to me. The Blue Jays are going to have a top three offense in major league baseball next year. Probably. Is that yeah. a fair take? I think it is. That's what, uh, that's, we got an article coming up later. The biggest worry for me here is that if you look at this infield, you, you assume Vladdy's at first base. They got Vladdy, Marcus Simeon at second, Bo Bichette at short, uh, Kayvon Biggio at third, and then their outfield is Springer, Grichuk, and Lords Gurriel Jr. That that's a that's a really good that's a good team, and they I know they don't have pitching, but what they're doing, I think, is trying to prey on the Yankees' one weakness, which is starting pitching. I know the Yankees have made the moves, the necessary moves. Cashman is. Cashman's decision-making this offseason with Kluber and Tyone, I think was more for October than it is for the regular season. The Yankees have shown that even if they have a weak rotation, they will win a hundred games in the regular season because of how deep their lineup is because of how good their offense is. So I think Cashman knows that there is a risk that this won't be a foolproof regular season scenario, because if you look at it, Severino, Tyone Kluber, 18 starts since the beginning of 2019. Herman hasn't pitched since September of 2019. A lot of issues here. We're, be- we're banking on the Montgomery bounce back, but we have to see it before anything. I love the way he finished the year. I- I'll keep saying that until the season starts, but we still don't know. And Davey and Clark still have ways to go in their development. If you're looking at it from an objective standpoint, you want to be subjective about it. Yeah. They're both cool dudes. They're both two top prospects. I love their projectability, but we don't know what they're going to do when when the lights are on in 2021. So the Blue Jays are doing their best to counteract the one Yankees weakness, in my opinion, in the starting rotation because they don't have concrete answers. Yes, Garrett Cole is there. A lot of question marks behind him, even though I, I think admittedly we do like the upgrades. We like the way that the rotation is potentially going to trend. But you look at the Blue Jays lineup, 
This is the biggest immediate threat to the Yankees. They're in the division. The Rays have gotten worse. The Red Sox, in my opinion, are not very good. I know they're still a little bit, they, they still have potency in their lineup, but they're frisky. It, they're, yeah. they're frisky. <laughs> I'd say it, it, not a team I probably want to face 19 times a year, but the way that we've kind of bullied them over the last two and a half years, I'll take it. Orioles are Orioles. I know they can hit, but uh, I mean, we got it. We got to get the job done there. You look at contenders elsewhere. Astros have gotten worse. Indians have gotten worse. Twins have gotten worse. So oh, the, 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 the most immediate threat right now, you're right. It's probably a top three offense, and that's a direct threat to the Yankees. I'm not saying the Blue Jays are going to win the division, but the, the, uh, the issue has been forced on the Yankees in their backyard, and it's going to tell us a lot about what we can expect from the 2021 rotation. Yeah, they're better than Tampa, point blank. Done. Way better. Done deal. Don't I don't I won't even hear the argument. They gave us trouble last year. They made the playoffs. Oh, yeah. They were good. They they gave us a ton of trouble last year and they made the playoffs. They're, they're gonna be better than Tampa. Yeah, I, I won't even hear that. They're, they're we're gonna lose 12 four games in Buffalo or Toronto. That's just it's gonna happen. You're you should get prepared for it. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Now, um, I think they'll probably split that season series, but they're going to lose some some stinkers to the Blue Jays who can really mash the baseball. Uh you're going to have to just accept that as part of the part of the regular season. Go do your damage in Baltimore. That's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Remember to drop us that five-star review that we asked for up top. And then again now, along with a mailbag question, if you want, we would be more than happy to answer that for you. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner, but you can find me on Twitter and a lot of Trevor Bauer stands did this week at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com and the official Yanks Goyard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. We want to hear from you. You want We want you to read the content. We want to hear what you think. And until then, Pizza Friday's our next go-around, everybody. See ya. Oh, boy. Get that pizza the fuck ready. Let's go. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.